Hey, welcome to the Sailorville Church Podcast. My name is Jared Leonard. I'm the youth ministries pastor here, and uh, it's my privilege to serve in that capacity. I'm joined today by Colton Willie, who just preached on this Hello. Sunday. And uh, Happy to be here. He did a, a great job. If you have not yet listened to this week's message, go back and listen to it, because uh, this podcast really is going to be, we're going to be piggybacking mm-hmm. um, on a lot of that uh, sermon. So um, you may be completely in the dark, although we'll we'll review it here real quick for yeah. the listeners who are just jumping in here. Um, so Colton, just talk to us real briefly about kind of the 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 text first off that we were in. Where where were we? What was your kind of big idea and, and your your few main points? Yeah. So um, we were in J- the book of James, uh, still in our sermon series, keeping it real through James. And uh, it is James chapter five, verse seven through eleven. I might just I might just read through it real quick so we sure. can kind of get a picture of it. So here it is, uh, verse seven through eleven. It says, "Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it, until it gets the early and late rains. You too, be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near." Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. Mm. So yeah, our topic is... You know, nothing less than the second coming of Christ. Yeah, a really light topic. <laughs> Super light. Very you know, easy. Didn't really sweat it out at all. No, <laughs> no. I, and as I admitted, actually, on Sunday, this this sermon was very hard for me to write. Yeah. It was a tough one for me. Yeah. So on Sunday, you reminded us of the kind of the four important characteristics of those who wait mm-hmm. patiently for Christ's return. Um, so if, if we're to be patient at his coming, number one, we must admit and believe that Christ's return is the only certain future. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, we must accept the suffering detaches from the world and attaches us to Christ. Number three, we must do that together. Um, so we talk about community, really, mm-hmm. and the importance of community. And then number four, we must focus on the promises of God, not the product of our walk or our work for him, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um so so let's go all the way to the beginning. Kind of the idea is patience mm-hmm. and, and Christ's return and even waiting. Um, talk to us, Colton. How patient are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons it was so hard. <laughs> Oof. Uh, I am, if you ask my wife, I am not a patient person. Um, I am a busybody. Yeah. I always got to be doing something. Um, even when I'm resting, I'm just, you know, what, what else can I be doing? Mm. I'm the guy that I'm always reading articles on my phone and everything like that. It's hard for me to be still. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I would call myself a very patient person mm. <laughs> by any means. Yeah. And I actually shared at the beginning of the message, you know, I think that's something that is hard for a lot of us yeah. in just our, our fast paced culture. So yeah, I'm the same way. I, I'm, I love doing projects, especially mm-hmm. on like my days off and things. Um, yeah, the shed. And it's it's hard. It, it's easier for me to just get busy with a project. I mm-hmm. think maybe a lot of dads can maybe relate to that. Yep. Um, where it's it's maybe easier to to 
to to work on a project and that's those are necessary things mm-hmm. to do for sure to upkeep your home mow the lawn do maintenance yep. those are those are important tasks but sometimes those come at the at the expense of investing mm-hmm. um, for eternity in mm-hmm. souls like the little souls in your life if you have kids and of course you talked yep. a little bit about having winry now in your life too <laughs> which is Yep, some awesome. late night investments going on right now. <laughs> lot, Praise lot. God for pacifiers. <laughs> oh, oh those are I remember those. Those are hard days. Yep. Um, he gives the strength, but it's been... but he gives you the strength to get through. Pray a lot for her. Yeah. I mean, those are those are special moments as I look back. Just you know, praying for my daughters mm-hmm. and and loving them and singing songs and lullabies. Now I only remember the good things. You yeah. know, it's been long enough for me. <laughs> so so many people have said the same thing, like encouraging me, like, hey, listen, like, don't waste it. Yeah. And if Rachel, if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, seriously, like Rachel's like, why is Colton complaining? Like, I'm the one that's up most of the time. <laughs> uh, so, facts. So let, let it be known. Rachel uh, is much more long suffering than I am. Agreed. Mm-hmm. My wife for sure got up mm-hmm. with our, our daughters a whole lot more than we than I did. So mm-hmm. um Anyway, let, so let's go to that first point. Sure. If we're to be patient at his coming, we must admit and believe that Christ's return is the only certain future. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us a little bit more about that point. What does that look like in a believer? You know, so, so what does that mean? You know, someone's listening to this podcast, they're driving down the road, maybe they're, they're dropping kids off at school or picking them up or mm-hmm. doing dishes or, you know, what, what does it actually mean to admit and believe that Christ's return is the only certain future. Yeah. And th- and that as I was preparing for this this sermon, that my big question was how do I make this practical? Because as you said Jared, like I think a lot of us in our own American culture we we really struggle with that. You know, we struggle with living in the moment. We struggle with waiting on something that you know, I mean the church the church has been waiting for the second coming of our King for 2000 years, yeah. you know? So, whereas nowadays I can click a button and get something in one day, yeah. <laughs> you know, or less or less yeah. Walmart pickup, baby. Or yeah. Or even <laughs> Amazon now ridiculous. It's like, well, would you like this to be delivered by 7am yeah. tomorrow? I'm like, yikes. I thought it was two days. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love it. But, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's super nice, but not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, no, I think, so as I was thinking through this message, I really struggled to this practical point. And I, so I just prayed, I said, Lord, I please give me and give me, give me what you want me to say. Mm. And I, I kid you not, it was the 11th hour Thursday before, before this Sunday, I woke up at like one 30 in the middle of the night. And I just got to thinking about how stressed I was about this message. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost like the Lord said to me, you are not guaranteed to do this message. Mm. You're not, um, Something could happen. Uh, you could get in a car accident. You know, it, obviously, we don't wish on anybody, but but That's we don't applying the message from a couple of weeks ago. Yes, what is your life? Yeah, and <laughs> I reference that, and I reference <laughs> that, and and that, and it's interesting. The Lord brought that that yeah. that verse yeah. to me. Um, your life is a vapor, and I'm like, wow. Okay, James is painting a picture here that you know he wants us to be patient. If you look at the context, I talked about how yep. he's really referring to the persecution from rich from the rich landowners uh, that his audience was suffering under. But I really think that it can apply to the whole book. And so it goes back to the vapor. But I think when you talk about being practical, a Psalm that's been very precious to me lately, um, and I'm not perfect at this, but it's Psalm uh, 118 verse 24, which says, 
this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And the reason I love that psalm is because I don't live that way. (laughs) And I need a reminder. um, It's almost as if God in that passage is saying, or in that verse is saying, this is all you get. You know, this is the day I've made. And I think that applies really well to our, our passage in James is that, you know, I'm called to live the best I can, to honor the Lord, to proclaim his name until he comes today. And mm-hmm. so I think to make it practical, we can make plans and plans are good. We need to yep. make plans. We need to be orderly uh, for his kingdom and all that stuff. But I think ultimately, like we don't know this stuff's going to happen, yeah. you know? So how can I bless people today? You yeah. know, I, I, you know, lately I think I really think of Rachel, honestly, Rachel and I, you know, we're new parents. Um, we, I cannot do as much quote unquote ministry as I used to, you know, um, and not just that, just stuff, yeah, just stuff around the house, like you were saying, like like just stuff that we need to get done. And I kind of look at my life sometimes, I'm like, man, like what am I doing, you know? But but in that, when I wake up today, if if all that God's calling me to do is take care of Winry, that's okay, you know? Um, be, but in the end, really the point is that the second coming of Christ is more sure than mm. any of those other plans, yeah. you know? And so that should not only encourage me to live in the moment and redeem yeah. the time, as Paul says, but it should also encourage me to 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 be to be encouraged. Like whatever's going to happen in the in the the future, like my destiny is secure, either in my death or in His second coming. Yeah. So oh, that's so good. And it, kind of along that, I think it was with your first point that you shared the illustration of uh, Florence Chadwick. Yeah, was it during your first, yeah. Yep. And uh, the long-distance swimmer who who tried to swim from Catalina um, to the California mainland, mm-hmm. but came up was it what like a half mile short? Yeah, and and I got it, I got it out of a book, but from from what I can tell from the tale, it was a half mile short. Can oh, you imagine man. that? That would be terrible. So, <laughs> fifteen hours later. So, a practical maybe question for you, listener, as, as you're kind of thinking about that story and even mm-hmm. this idea of of being patient. And the only certainty that we have is Jesus' second coming is Mm -hmm. how often do you find yourself? How often do I find myself thinking about heaven? Mm -hmm. How often, you know, am I actually thinking that that is my only sure thing that's coming up? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we have so many things in our calendar that we're sure we're going to be doing. Yeah. But to live in light of that, man, good question to ponder. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would, I think it's fair. I think it's safe to say, at least in my experience, I don't know if we talk about that enough, you yeah. know, um, that's our hope. Our hope is Jesus coming in the clouds and to get us or for us to die and be brought to glory with him. And I think ultimately, um, so that Florence Chadwick story, I got that from a book, um, called heaven, <laughs> very simple title, yeah. uh, from Randy Alcorn. And that book's been super helpful to me. Uh. Um, I haven't finished it. <laughs> Probably should do that sometime. Uh, a, a member of our church actually gave it to me, but it's amazing because the whole book is just, it's just about heaven. Yeah. And he's, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful, uh, biblically based, um, summary of what heaven will be like, what heaven's all about. And I, I, I would encourage, I would encourage it to some people if, if they're interested in, in being practical of think, as you said, thinking about it more yeah. often. I also think, what really helps me is when you listen to old school hymns, mm. dude, the people in the 1800s, 1700s, I mean, the death rate is significantly higher than it was in 2023. So I think, um, they had a mind 
Uh, that kind of goes to my second point, but they had a mind that was like, Hey, any moment I could be called home. Yeah. And so they were hopeful of that and their life was really hard. Yeah. And so I think listening to, to old hymns is a helpful thing too to get, a, get our minds set on it and be like, Oh, this, my hope is not in this world. Mm. You know, the fog that is our comforts and the fog that's our, our busy schedules and stuff like those are, it's not that those things are inherently bad, but the idea is it's not our hope. It's yeah. not what we're putting all the stake on. Well, you alluded to the second point, so let's go there. We mm-hmm. must accept, so again, if we are to be patient at his coming, we must accept the suffering mm. detaches us from the world and attaches us to Christ. Yep. Talk to us a little bit about that point, your heartbeat behind that. What does that actually look like in my life yep. uh, this week or your life or, you know, the the, the tired mom who's mm. been up all night. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> you I know can, nothing about that. I can somehow uh, speak to that right now. <laughs> well, and you know, it's interesting you bring that up because that's exactly where that illustration comes from. Yeah. Um, praise God for Winry Jean, um, but we haven't always had a kid, yeah. you know, and many people in our church know Rachel and I's story. We've shared it often. And, you know, when we first started to get, wanted to have kids, we, str- we struggled. We miscarried twice. And I, I've, I've said this in other messages. I can confirm that when Rachel was in, I mean, it was bad. Like we were miscarrying and both of us got COVID. It was just a bad deal. Mm. Just, I think I tell people when I tell the story, there's a, there was a palpable darkness when these things are happening. Mm. Like just really, it was tough. But I always tell people in that moment, it was as if Christ was literally walking around the apartment with us. You mm. know, a lot of people are familiar with that story, but I, I have found it to be absolutely true that my heart, because like you said, how often do we think about heaven? <laughs> I, I don't, to my shame, I, and I said that in the message, I don't, I don't think about it as often as I probably should as a, as a born-again Christian. But I think a lot of that is because we have so much insulation around our hearts, mm. and suffering is what rips that insulation off, yeah. you know? Um, and I don't know if anything else can, you know, because what suffering does is it, it strips us of our security, you know? Um, we, you know, we, we, we mentioned Amazon and Walmart oh, pickup yeah. and those things. We have so many things in our life that we can control, but in reality, you really can't control anything because mm-hmm. our life is a vapor. You mm-hmm. know, we don't know what's going to happen. And so I think what suffering does is it, it reminds us, it, it gives us a God perspective. You know, it, it doesn't, it may, it shows us that actually we are fragile. We, we actually, there is there, this is a house of cards. You know, a lot of our stuff that we are depending on can be taken very quickly um, so I think, yeah, that's kind of my heartbeat behind that is I've experienced it personally, Yeah. but I think also like if you look throughout scripture, I mean, he says he disciplines those he loves, Yeah. those who bear fruit, he prunes so they bear more fruit. I think it's a biblical principle. So ta- you, you briefly alluded to it. Talk to us about how God has used <clears throat> trials. Mm-hmm. You could, you could refer to the specific one that you already referred to, but yep maybe trials in general and suffering in your own life to make you more like Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Um, in my own background, just struggling with various sin issues. I'll always remember, um, (laughs) my mentor, uh, David Tashner, he asked me a really, uh, a really strong question once. And it was really, it was really good. Looking back, it was fun. It was fundamental for me fighting against some really tough sin issues in my heart. He said, are you desperate to be done with this? Mm. Whatever, fill in the blank, whatever that is, whatever it was for me, whatever it is for you. And I think what suffering does is it makes us desperate. You know, 
So I think even in my own faith walk and various sin issues in my life, um, I know just mistakes that I've made in the past, the way I've hurted people or hurt people. Like I, I think that's, that's really pushed me to a greater dependence in God, a greater dependence on Christ, realizing again, that I'm fragile, I'm weak. I don't have everything figured out. Um, and honestly, again, uh, I'm certain of this, that he who began your salvation will see it to completion. Well, you know, began I, a good work in you. Yeah. Yeah. I need him in yeah. this walk. I can't do it on my own. Yeah. I think suffering helps so, me see that. So why do we run why do we run from suffering? That's our natural <laughs> That's a good question. Like naturally you and I know myself and I think mm. you know you and I are friends. Mm-hmm. We we like comfort. I think most Americans probably can relate to that. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're actually honest, we love comfort. Absolutely. That's and <clears throat> it can become a problem. It can it can be a sin. Yeah. Um so why if we know suffering is good for us, if we know God disciplines those that he loves, if we know it's it's a pruning, it's a sharpening, it's it's not comfortable but it's good, mm-hmm. why do we run from it? Wow, that's a good question. I I I think a lot of it I and I I really can I think it's safe to say I don't know if anyone runs to it. I mean, I think ultimately um, we run through it because it's painful. It hurts, mm. you know. Um, but I think, again, it, it just shows God's sovereignty and the whole the whole deal is that, you know, we we can run from it all, all we want, you know. But ultimately, God, and I think this is maybe this is maybe key. God out of love yeah. allows us to suffer. Mm. And that's a really, that's a hard thing for us to get. But, but James even says, count it all joy, brethren, when you count, when you face various trials and persecutions and, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, James chapter one. And the idea is, is that it's actually, uh, I think of what the apostles say in Acts when they're being literally persecuted. It's right after, uh, I, be- I believe it's Peter and John. Um, they basically get you know, beaten up by the, the religious leaders and they go out and the, the word says that they, they were, I'm a, I don't want, I'm paraphrasing here, but they basically say they, they were praising God that they were found worthy oh, yeah. to be, to suffer for yep. his name, yep. you know? And so I think, I, I think that's a great question. I, I, I think we run because it honestly is painful yeah. and honestly, we just don't want to, we don't want to go through suffering. Yeah. I don't know if anyone wants to, you yeah. know? But I think when we're in the suffering, God actually, he puts us there on purpose because that's often the only time where we can actually see him. You yeah. know? And that's just true for my own life. I'm just speaking from experience here. Well, and that, that <clears throat> even plays into your next point, and we'll go there. If we are to be patient at his coming, we must do so together. Mm. The idea is we're doing it in community. So, mm-hmm. so what's the importance of that? We even one of our core values here is community. We're mm-hmm. better together. We we believe that there is no solo Christian. Yep. That's um, right. We you need other people in your life. Um, if read any of the one another's, you cannot do those by yourself. Um, so so talk to us. What does that look like? Why is it so important to have other believers, mentors, even mm-hmm. uh, in your life? Yeah, I, I quoted uh, Hebrews in the message where uh, the author of Hebrews talks about, um, uh, you know, do not do not make it a habit to miss the meetings. Well, why? Yeah. So that you can encourage one another as you see the day drawing near. And I think that's a lot of it is that 
when we're in our suffering, and I think this is safe to say, when I'm in my suffering, it is very difficult for me to see the hand of God, you know? Yeah. And so when I'm suffering, I actually need my brothers and sisters in Christ to come alongside me and help me see that, yeah. you know, help me, help me, hey, like encourage me with scripture, encourage me with their own uh, instances of suffering. I shared a story in the message about our own, one of our own members who uh, was recently diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And she shared her testimony, how it literally made her a more gracious person, a more intentional person, a more um, not bound by her schedule. But when she, suffering, when she was going through that, she's, yeah. she wasn't saying, Oh man, this is going to make, you know, she wasn't thinking of that. She was suffering. Yeah. But now that dear saint can go to someone else who's struggling with medical issues and she can actually encourage her. Well, why? Because she has empathy for yeah. her, you know? So I think first of all, um, you know, we, 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 every Christian, every person carries with them these scars from their life, big and small. I don't, you know, everybody suffers, maybe not to the level of some people in the world, but everyone suffers right in some capacity. And you're, I think maybe the, the, the lesson here is don't waste your suffering, you know? Um, and when I, what I mean by that is you're suffering for a purpose. I think I said that in the message, your suffering is actually meant to help bring other people to a deeper faith or even a saving faith in Christ. Mm. I mean, what a testimony when an unbelieving world looks at a Christian who suffers well. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um. Even, man, that that comes. You're living in community with other believers, mm-hmm. and that there's some friction there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, so talk to talk to us a little bit about that. How um, maybe you know we're we're living in community with other believers. We don't always get along. Mm-hmm. What does that look like practically? What is my next step? What, what am I supposed to do if if I have a brother in Christ? Maybe that I have an issue with. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't exactly tackle this. This is mm-hmm. totally out of left field, but yeah. just a, a thought that came to my mind. No, that's a great question. And I think for me, <clears throat> you know, James actually in our passage says, do not complain against one another. Mm. And I didn't get a chance to really expand on this because I already spoke too long, but <laughs> <laughs> we've already talked about that <laughs> behind closed doors. Uh, but anyways, um, basically um, James talks he, he says, don't complain against brethren. And then that's in the context of Christ's second coming. Yeah. And I made what can very much sound like a very bold statement to the level that you complain against your brother. That's how much in love with the world you are. Mm. And that's, that's kind of an ouch. <laughs> that's an ouch statement, yeah. you know, but I really do believe that. And the reason I believe that is because James backs it up with saying the judges stand at the door. I gave the illustration of the middle school teacher and how, you know, if my kids are going crazy in the room, yeah. it's because they don't think I'm going to catch them. Yeah. But I think we got to think about it in the context of the whole passage. They're suffering. Mm-hmm. When do we lash out? When do we find things wrong with people? When do people um, grind our gears? Yeah. Often when, we're, when we ourselves are suffering. Yeah. So I think the, the idea there that James is getting, I didn't get to illustrate it much, but it's just the idea is like when you're in your suffering, you're more irritable. Yeah. You know, but don't take that out on your Christian brothers and sisters. And I think a, a really important caveat is when I say don't, when James says, don't complain, brethren, 
about the church or about your your brothers and sisters of Christ, he's of course not talking about you know fighting against unbiblical truth, right? I mean, yeah. we're called to stand for righteousness. Um, he's not talking about like if someone's teaching error, not speaking up. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the the tertiary issues, yeah. right? Uh, I think what's a what's a tertiary issue for our listeners? Yeah, you're not for me at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I totally know. What totally know what you're talking about. I think for me, like <laughs> I don't. I man, I. I hate the way we do uh, worship or I, man, I, I really, I prefer this pastor over the, man, I don't, I don't want to really listen with that pastor is doing, or man, I really hate the color of the carpet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. So maybe the things, Basically things that don't matter for eternity. Exactly. They're, and so that fit in the context yeah. of James. Primary, secondary, mm-hmm. tertiary, number three. There yes, you go. There it is. Boom. I think, yeah, just the, so practically, I think what we're called to do is is realize that we're in this together. Um, suffering and persecution is going to make our lives hard. And so our response is not to lash out, but to actually go to someone for help. You know, it, like when you're in your suffering, it's so easy to to concave and just be lone, like to be a loner, basically. Yeah, be and, a lone wolf. That's right. And to yeah. kind of um, isolate, isolate, yeah. you know, and when... So you isolate yourself by, you know, complaining against other people and lashing out to other people. I think what, what we can, a principle we can take out of the text is that James is saying, no, actually you need to go to each other. Yeah. You need to help each other. Yeah. So maybe an application, you know, for you and I and, and listeners is maybe, is there another Christian that you need mm. to be reconciled to? Is, is maybe on Sunday or even right now, as you're listening to this podcast, God is bringing someone to your mind and saying, Hey, you need to be reconciled to that brother in Christ yep. or or non-believer, honestly. Mm-hmm. You need to go and humble yourself and seek forgiveness. You know, go and do that. Uh, maybe even if you need help, talk to a brother and That's say, right. hey, I, I know that I need to go to so-and-so and, and seek forgiveness. Would you hold me accountable to that? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then go do it. Follow follow the Spirit's leading and, and go do that. Yeah, I think of what Jesus even said. He said... You know, if you bring a sacrifice before the altar, mm. but you have something against your brother, yeah, go be reconciled with your brother. Yeah. So, so or even a communion time. You know, read First yes. Corinthians eleven. Um, don't don't be partaking of of the the elements yeah. if if there's something that needs to be taken care of there between you and and someone else. So the idea is the Lord takes the unity of the brethren of the church yeah. very seriously. Absolutely. He actually says if you have disunity, you need to fix that before you worship. Yeah. So I think we don't maybe see it that way very often. Yeah. <clears throat> really good. And your last point, if we are to be patient at his coming, number 4, we must focus on the promises of God, not the product of our work for him. Mm. Ooh. That's really good because a lot of times we look at the fruit, we look at the product, we look at mm-hmm. here's what I'm doing for God. Yep. Uh, a lot of you know, even, even Christians can can get into the mindset of at the end of my life, God's going to weigh the scales. If He did more, if I did more good than bad, mm. um, and we look at at the work for God and say, look at all I've done. But really, we need to be resting in the promises of God. Yes. What does that look like, Colton, for for the average person this week, today, tomorrow? What does it look like to focus on the promises of God, not on what you're doing for God? Yeah. And I to encourage our listeners, this, in my mind, as, as the person actually giving the message, 
this was the singular most encouraging thing for me. Um, I looked at I looked at Jeremiah in our sermon, and when you look at it, you know James actually says, as an example of suffering and patience, look at the prophets, right? And but you can look at more than Jeremiah. You can I mean I have a bunch written down here. You can look at Isaiah, Ezekiel, Habakkuk. Like you, you referenced have, Job too, I think. Didn't Job you? as well. Or maybe yeah. you just talked to anyway. Yeah, we did talk through Job as well. But I think if you look at a lot of the Old Testament prophets, prophets, for sure. yeah, for sure, they almost most of them, you know, God said, "Go do this ministry," and it's a big. I mean, it's recorded in Holy Scripture. But if we look at them by American standards, product driven, as you said, like like where's the fruit? Where's the where's the product coming out of this? Most of them in that time would have been seen as just utter failures, mm-hmm. you know. But they were not failures, you know. Since they, they die, they don't, I mean, the author Hebrews again says that most of them did not see what was promised mm-hmm. in their prophecy. But I think the reason I'm so encouraged by that is because often I think of people I'm working with, I'm trying to share the gospel with them, doing Bible studies, or maybe I'm, uh, you know, maybe my kid has gone AWOL, you know, maybe they're not living for the Lord. Maybe... Um, I'm having issues, you know, in my marriage, you know, and I've tried everything I can to repent and to, to write the ship, you know, um, I think ultimately we can, we, we can plow the field, but the Lord always brings the harvest. Cause when, when, when James says, um, be patient for the coming of the Lord, he is, he is honestly, he's all, he's mainly referencing the second coming of Christ, the literal sure. second coming. But we're we're waiting for God on all aspects yeah, of our life, yeah. including our ministry and our own sanctification and our marriages and our kids. I mean, we're we're waiting for Him in everything, mm-hmm. you know. So I think a real practical way to look at it is maybe stop judging your success by what's coming out, but instead by your faithfulness. Um, a great quote that I found it is very encouraging to me. Um, it's from Paul Washer, and he talks about how he talks about what is faithfulness, mm-hmm. right? And he says, a lot of times we look at we look at the faithful people as the people who have the the huge churches and yeah. tons of revivals, and you know they got book deals. And there's there's he's like, you want to see a truly faithful person? Go to a missionary in a third world country that has no Christians, and they're plowing. They're just plowing. They're just they're sharing the gospel. They're living as Christ would in a non-believing country and they've seen one convert Mm. are they any less faithful than the they're both faithful right but the idea is like they're in many ways that person in the third world country like they're 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 they have to wait on the promises of god Mm. you know um william carey the the father of modern day missions right he was in i think india for seven years mm. before he had his first convert. Mm. So I think if we judge our success as a Christian on what we do, you know, we might be setting ourselves up for disappointment. But if we, if we judge, if we set ourselves, if we say, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to be obedient, I'm going to proclaim the gospel and I'm going to let God do the rest. You know, he, he, he blesses that. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah. Oh, that was really good. Any other, you know, final remarks here as we wrap up? something from Sunday that, that hit you personally, or as you're coming into this podcast, you said, I really want to say this. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to cut, cut it short. Yep. I think the lat the, the one that, so the, the last point was very encouraging to me, but in terms of 
the God we serve. I referenced Second um, Peter 3, 9, maybe. I don't want to butcher it, but <laughs> better check real quick. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Uh, I, I think that's the right one. Um, but basically, in my message, I talked about how God said, or Peter writes, um, the Lord is not slow as we count slow this, but is patient towards us, not wishing for any to be condemned, for, but for all to come to repentance, right? Yeah, yep. and yeah it is Second Peter good. 3, 9. So what's so beautiful about that is that the word, I, I expanded on Sunday how that word, be patient, means long-suffering. And yeah. the idea is like, okay, I want to avenge myself. I want to scream out. I want to get angry. I want to freak out because I'm suffering or people are treating me badly. That's the exact same word that God has. Mm. So when our Lord is in heaven, he's, I, and I really, I already said this, but I, I think this is very important. He's not aloof to your yeah. suffering, right? In fact, he, he is, his heart breaks yeah. with you when you suffer. Um, but he, and again, what's the purpose behind that? So that more might come to know him. Yeah. And so I think to our listeners, you know, as we wait for the second coming of Christ, it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could, it could be before be, this podcast drops. It could be. <laughs> it really could be. It could be 2,000 years from now. Yeah. You know, only only the Father knows. Yeah. But I think ultimately while we're waiting, remember that God suffers with us and and he allows us to suffer and, and, and really just groan in our patience because that actually helps bring other people to himself. You know, he, he loves us and he sees our pain. I think that's encouraging for me and hopefully for our audience too. Yeah. Really go. Cool. Well, really cool. Really good. Thank you. Thanks, mm-hmm. Colton, for not only preaching on Sunday. That was good. I know from my own heart, and I've had conversations since then. It's been really good. Please good. Um, and also, uh, hopefully, to our listeners as well. So mm-hmm. thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Thank to this you. This episode of the Sailorville Church podcast. Um, I, we drop these weekly, right, Tanner? Tanner's sitting right here. He's he's the man behind <laughs> he's the, the brain curtain. behind the machine. <laughs> uh, so thanks, Tanner, for doing all the work that you do behind the scenes, and uh, thanks, listeners, for listening to this. Uh, we hope you'll join us. Consider joining us on Sundays, and uh, tune in even next week to another podcast. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.